Hey there, true believers, and welcome to Simply Devotion, the podcast that is all about seeking Jesus on deeper theological levels, because he is worthy of all of our devotion. I'm your host, Pastor Vinny from simplyvinny.com. Hey there, true believers. Welcome back to another bonus episode of Simply Devotion, the podcast that is all about Jesus. This week, I want to just sort of give you an exciting update. As you know, we are between season one and season two, and I've just sort of been uploading a few sermons to keep you tied over until season two releases. So if this is your first time stumbling upon my podcast, this is not the regular material, but this is fill-in material. We are about to begin recording season two. I am so excited. Already, I have great news I want to share with you. Season two is going to have a co-host for this particular season. And this co-host goes all the way back to my undergrad work. Um, Jonathan Martin is going to be joining us in season two as a regular reoccurring season two co-host. I don't know if he'll be there for every episode, but we're going to try to get him in there for most episodes. I have already sketched out over 20 outlines for 20 new episodes of Simply Devotion Season 2, where our theme will be all about the real world of Jesus. Who was Jesus? What was his world like? What was the day-to-day living life of Jesus like when He was on the earth. And we'll have all kinds of both devotional and um, practical applications tied into this season. But I I am so excited we have the co-host ready. We we have over 20 episodes outlined and ready to record. And just so I just want to encourage you to hang in there. It won't be much longer. Uh, Another sermon or two um, to fill you over. Today, I'm going to leave you with a sermon on... Moses. And this sermon is like about when Israel betrayed Jesus, when Israel betrayed Yahweh and chose to worship a golden calf instead of the God above all gods, the great I am, who we know is Jesus who is worthy of our worship and worthy of our devotion and does not deserve to share with anyone, let alone a golden calf. I'm not going to take up any more of your time here in this podcast. Enjoy the sermon. Check back in a couple weeks and we'll have another update on how the recording of season two is going. Pray for us as we work diligently to bring you Another exciting season that will help you grow closer to Jesus. Now, on with today's sermon. One of the major places where Israel gets so stuck that God almost calls everything off. This is a really, this sermon is a really sobering moment in the history of Israel. And not only is it a really sobering moment in the history of Israel, but it's one of those rare places where we get to see deep inside the heart of Yahweh. We really see his raw emotions. One of the things I just love about the story, and and you're going to see it, I just want to help us focus and and draw our attention in because this is a really important message is the friendship Yahweh has developed with Moses. It's amazing. I, I covet a relationship with Yahweh. I covet a relationship with Jesus. 
like Moses had. Where when, when Yahweh is hurt, when God is hurt, he doesn't keep it to himself. He talks to Moses like his best friend. It's a really interesting story. It's almost like Moses is invited into this sacred spot that few people ever get with Yahweh. In chapter 19, Exodus 19, they come to Mount Sinai. And at Mount Sinai, God offers them a covenant. Now, that's a fancy theological word, covenant. Can we say that word together? Covenant. And now, a covenant is simply this. The best English translation we could get for covenant. Contract. Agreement. I like the word contract in this context because you're going to see that when, <laughs> when Moses and God get into it, they're going to start looking at the fine print. <laughs> because God governs his relationships by the terms he lays down in his promises to us. And the covenant is his promise to us, and God puts his promise to us in writing so that we can be clear about what he has promised and what the terms is, and who does what in this relationship. Some theologians look at this covenant that God makes at Mount Sinai with Israel as like almost like the vows at a wedding. It's the promise both sides are making as they're going to go into a bond that becomes unbreakable. In chapter 19, Moses goes up to the mountain to get the terms of the covenant. And although we won't have the time today to go to every time Moses goes up the mountain in this transaction, it's pretty fascinating that it's seven times because that's a pretty fascinating Hebrew number. It takes seven times for this to all get finished. But the first time he goes up and he gets the terms and he comes back down and he tells the people the terms in chapter 20 through 23. And it's important that you know this because there should be no mistake as we go deeper into this and we see why God gets so emotional. And he does. And I want us to see that we're going to take our time, but we're going to move quickly, but we're going to take our time, but we're going to move quickly. So we want to just focus in the people know the terms. It's not like they showed up at the wedding and it was time to make the vows and like, well, what are you offering me? If this is not a negotiation, they know. And for, from chapter 20 to 23, Moses tells them, I went and saw God and here's the terms of our covenant. Do you want it or not? So they're well informed. Now, the covenant that God offers them includes basically two sections, Ten Commandments, as we call them, or the Decalogue, as the Jews would call it. And there are 42, 41, 42, 43, depending on where you break them down, civil laws, ordinances. They basically have things to do with just how we're going to settle disputes, what we're going to do about debt, how we're going to get along with each other in, in, in the nation. Okay, they're, they're, they're not the big deal. They're kind of a... They're kind of the smaller stuff, like this is what it might look like depending upon where you live and what's going on. But the big deal, actually, is the Decalogue, the Ten Points, as we've come to call them. Jews wouldn't necessarily see it as Ten Points. They see it more as a narrative, and there, there's a good reason for that. It begins with a prologue. So if we think about the Decalogue as, as being the terms of which this new covenant, this new nation is going to be founded on, you know, the, the, the Decalogue are the, the, the moral principles of this new foundation. This is the prologue. This is the reason. I am the Lord. I am Yahweh, your God. I set the terms. Because before I even made you sign the contract, I went ahead and delivered you out of Egypt. I went ahead. And I brought you out of slavery. You don't even have to accept this contract. 
You don't even have to accept this covenant. You want to go your own way, be your own nation, do your own thing? That's fine with me. But I heard you cry. I remember my promise to Abraham. And before I even told you you had to do anything, I, 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 I did my side first. No strings attached. No strings attached. We, we can part. We can go our own way. It's all good. You see, I did my part of freeing you even before I asked you to do anything. And, and, and I'm not saying you owe me. But if you sign the contract, if you sign the covenant, if you agree to the covenant, then understand I did my part up front. And I will keep doing my part. And, and I have the right to make the rules of this relationship because I took you when you were slaves. And when you were slaves, and I heard you cry, and I saw the way you were being treated, my heart was moved for you, and I rose up Moses to free you. But still, you want to sign the covenant. If you want to get married, even though you've been the most difficult bride, You've been a high-maintenance fiancé. If you agree to the vows, you can get married. And here are the vows. No other gods. No other gods. No other images. Don't take my name in vain. Remember the Sabbath. Honor your parents. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie about people. And don't covet. Don't be jealous. Okay? Now, uh, it's important that we understand that God, oh, he, he's not saying if you do these things, I will free you. He already freed them. They are now a free sovereign nation if they want to be. But he's like, if you want to make this permanent, if, if you just don't want to shack up with me out in the desert, if, if you want to make this a real relationship, even though you've been high maintenance, we can, we can seal it. Uh, you know, I love you so much that I'll put up with your high maintenance. If you can agree to these terms. And so they agree to the terms. And so the Lord said to Moses, well, then, if they agree, come on up. Right, and back up to the mountain, right? This is the signing. <laughs> Come on up to the mountain and stay here. And I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandments written for their instruction. Right? If we think about this like as a legal exchange that's going on, if we think about this as a covenant in terms of a contract, or, you know, anyone ever buy a house? You know, the, the realtor... Tells, tells, tells you this is what they're willing to offer. You decide if you're going to agree to those terms. And, and then you set aside a date and you go for what? The signing, the closing of the deal. This is the signing. This is the closing of the deal. So God is like, hey, great. I know they've been difficult. Hey, if they want to go their own way, I, you know, I'll figure out another way to save the world. But, but, if they want to marry me, if they want to sign the deal, if they want to seal the covenant, come on up. And I'm going to write it on stone because, like, this is the way God is signing it. God is signing it with, like, his finger. Right? You're following me, right? He writes on the tablets with his finger. This is a signing. So Moses is like, Moses' famous last words. I love it. Moses is like, uh, yeah, hey, Joshua, yeah, I'm going to go up and sign the, 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 the contract with God. Yeah, if you want into any problems down here, because Joshua is his apprentice, if you want into any problems down here, just, just see my brother Aaron. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, but, but you can't blame Moses. He has no reason, you, you know? But you do a careful reading of the Torah. You will see that Aaron is not often put in the... The best light. <laughs> you, you will see that not often are any Levitical priesthood put in the best light. So Moses is just like, okay, go on up there. 
I'm going to go up there, and if you run any problems, Joshua, just go see Aaron. So Moses goes up. Moses went up to the mountain. He just went to the mountain. He's not up in the mountain yet. We'll make that differentiation for a reason. A cloud covers it. A storm covers it. Okay, like there's something going on at the top. Okay, and he's at the foot. And watch this. Watch it. This is amazing. Just watch this. And the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. You see what's going on here? God's glory is the storm at the top of the mountain. God's glory is at the top of the mountain. And for six days, Moses stays down. <laughs> the glory of God settles on the mountain. For six days, the cloud covers the mountain. And when? When? Anyone see it? On the seventh day, the Lord called Moses from within the cloud to come up. Is this familiar to you? Six days, God makes his power known. And on the seventh day, he rests. This is amazing. Like, as far, like, not as far as I don't, I, I absolutely know this to be true. This is the first time since Eden anyone kept Sabbath directly with Yahweh. This should put all the hairs on the back of our neck on end. This is a big event. Yahweh, because. He's going to marry these people. Has brought the ambassador of these people into his own glory from the first time since Eden. Remember the last time God's glory came through a town, it killed all the firstborn that didn't have the blood over the door. <laughs> but Moses is invited to go Sabbath. God. But Moses is up there for a long time, not just one Sabbath. You know, uh, you know I, I, I got to sympathize a little bit with Israel because verse 18 tells us that Moses entered the cloud. He went up to the mountainside and he stayed on the mountainside for 40 days and 40 nights. Over a month. But, okay, work with me, people. The other biblical stories you don't know about anyone who went off to have solitude with his father for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, you're seeing any parallels going on here, right? Like Moses is really important to Yahweh. Like in the same way that the Holy Spirit fell on Jesus at his baptism. And God's like, well, you know, you're going to do something amazing for my people. So, so let's go spend 40 days and 40 nights alone. Well, what are they doing for 40 days and 40 nights? <laughs> it doesn't take that long to sign the tablets, does it? For 40 days and 40 nights. Yahweh is just up there. Just, he, he's just opening his heart to Moses. He's, he's just explaining everything to Moses. He's like, you, 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 you want to know what happened in the garden? You, you want to know why I had to put sheep's clothing on Adam and Eve when they left? Do you want to know why Cain was not accepted, but Abel was? Do you want to know why you had to put the blood over the door? Do you want to know what the lamb is all about? Yahweh begins to tell Moses in detail the Moses is doing more than signing the contract. <laughs> Moses is like being invited into the mind and the planning session of Yahweh. And Yahweh is saying, yeah, we're going to build a tabernacle, and there's going to be this, 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 this secret compartment. There's going to be these lights, and there's going to be these bread. You know, and like, one day they won't, we, we, the lamb will come himself, and you won't need the lamb anymore. It'll just be the the bread and, and, and the wine. But, but, but for now, you know, you know, we're just going to build this tent out there. We're going to put this fence around it. And, you know, only Aaron and his children are going to be allowed to go into the inner part of it. And in the inner part of it, by the way, there's going to be this ark. There's going to be this box. And there's going to be these angels on it. And, you, and guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what, Moses? Guess what? This will be my throne on earth. 
I will send a little piece of me to be there. And wherever your people are, because they married me, because they married me, wherever your people are, there'll be a little piece of me with them. And I will be right there. And I will fight their battles. And when, when they have a problem, when they have something go wrong, they can have send Aaron in to put the blood in front of me. And I will remember my promises. In the midst of all of it, at the height of God pouring out his heart about his plan and his dreams for Israel. It's like CNN breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. It's like scrolling across the screen. Something really bad is going on. Now, I want you to notice, Yahweh doesn't tell. He doesn't tell Moses. What's happening? He doesn't. I blew my mind. I had to go back and read the chapter several times. Yahweh at this point doesn't tell Moses. He's just like, dude, there is something going on down there, and I'm now, forget everything. It's all off. God just like loses it. And like everything I just promised you, everything I just explained to you, I'm done. It's over. Now Moses knows something happened. But he doesn't know what happened. You and I at this point know more than he does. He just knows something is breaking God's heart. God is heartbroken. How heartbroken is God? He's so heartbroken that he can't even tell no, oh Moses how bad it is. He was just like, what your brother is doing down there, what your people are doing down here, it's so bad that the deal's off. It's just off. Like, something happened at the bachelor party and no one wants to get married the next morning. It's like that bad, right? The ink isn't even dry on the tablet. And God is like, the deal is off. They have now went too far. They have offended me. Now, you and I know what they did, but, but, but Moses doesn't. Yet, he will. And he won't be happy either. Because you remember, God did his part up front, remember? God did his part up front, remember? And he's like, you don't have to marry me. You don't have to become my nation. You're free. You're free agents. You want to go out and join the Canaanites or go down and join, join you know, the Egyptians? Go for it. You want to go up to Lebanon? It's, it's all on you. But if you want to be my special people, if you want to live in Jerusalem, if you want to go into the promised land, like, so let's put down the terms of our relationship. And what did they say? Absolutely, we want it. You're a great God. Look at your power. Look what you did to the Egyptians. Yeah, we're all in. Who doesn't want a very rich husband? A very powerful husband. A very rich and powerful husband who loves you so much. He would do anything for you. He just gives you like, Ten points of what this relationship is supposed to be about, and what are they doing? What are they doing? Forty days. They already got a golden calf. Other guys was the first one, right? No graven images, right? That's the second one, right? And I mean. It's totally spelt out. Not only no graven images, but certainly no graven images of anything that is on earth, particularly animals. I mean, it's all right there. I mean, it, it, it's, it's like, it's almost like they're like, what are the rules? How can we break them? Like, they are showing their initiative and creativity towards destroying the covenant. And if that isn't enough, 
God can see what Moses can't yet. He can hear what Moses can't hear. You know what they're saying about this calf down there? Do you know what they're saying about this golden calf down there? Look at what they're saying. This is what they're saying about the golden calf that they made. They're saying, this is your God. Oh, Israel. That did what? Brought you out of the land of Egypt. They not only broke the first commandment, they broke the second commandment. And they broke the first and second commandment in a way that caused them to break the third commandment. What's that idiom? Something about strikes? Three, three, three what? Three what? Three strikes and you're out? Didn't know God was a baseball fan, did you? Moses is gone for 40 days. And they can't wait. It's almost like they're like, we don't want to completely abandon Yahweh because, you know, he's pretty powerful and pretty rich. You know, he knows how to woo you. Well, we don't know what happened up there. Maybe he destroyed Moses. We don't. We, we're not going to wait around. Like, he made us a promise. Like, I'm pretty sure they signed the contract up there by now, aren't you? Let's get on with the reception. You know, what do you do at the reception? You announce, well, here's the bride and here's the groom. But the groom didn't show up, so let's make one. They made a representation of Yahweh and called it Yahweh. But they are doing some pretty obscene things at this reception around this golden calf. The kind of things that the other nations would do. God is like, God is like, not with my name. Not with my name. Not with my name. Look, I didn't say you had to marry me. I didn't say you had to agree to the terms. I didn't say you had to. I said if you want to go, you can go. I freed you because I wanted you to be free. You're the one that said you wanted to agree to the terms. You don't do that with my name. The deal is off. God is he's destroyed. God is just destroyed. God is just like, seen it, Moses. I've seen the people. I've seen, and Moses doesn't know yet. He's not been down yet. I've seen it. You were right. I should have listened to you back when they wanted water. I should have listened to you back when they wanted manna. I should have listened to you with all their belly aching out in the desert. I get it. I get what they put you through. They are stiff-necked people just like you said. You see, they both have the same frustration with Israel, right? Like, they're bonding over this, right? <laughs> like, Moses doesn't know what they did, but he gets it. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. They are bad people, man. You can't tell them anything. God is like, I know they are so stiff-necked. They are so stubborn. What are we doing with them? They're like bonding. But watch what God says. Watch what God says. This shows us how impacted God is. Even though Moses and God are bonding, he's like, now just go. Just leave me. I am so hurt. I, I, I can't, I, I, I don't want you to see me like this. Just let me go to my room, Moses. Just let me go someplace and cry. Just leave me alone. 
You ever been that hurt? You ever been that hurt? Like, I've been that hurt. You've been that hurt? Like, not that hurt, but like hurt like this? You just can't deal. That's where God's at. God's like, just leave me alone. That my anger may burn against them. That I may destroy them. In other words, go ahead, leave me. So I can let them know how disappointed I am. Then when I'm done, I will make you, Moses. You're the only faithful one out of a lot of them. I will make you, Moses. It'd be it, it, a great nation. Moses, Moses, it, it, it's going to be me and you now. Like, I'm done with them. You're done with them. I'm done with them. We're both done with them. The only two people who get it are us. Thing. What did we call this? A covenant. What do we call a covenant? A contract. And what are you going to follow in a contract? The rules. And do they know the rules? They know the rules. And God can do this under the rules. He can do this without, listen to this. He can do this without breaking the rules. You know why? The covenant is with Abraham. They don't need everybody else. Stop and think about it. They don't. They literally don't need everyone. They can do it. It won't break anyone's rule. It won't break the term. The promise was with Abraham and Moses is a descendant. When God says to Moses, I'm done with them. You're done with them. Let's go together. They could do it. They could run away. They could elope. And it would be legal and fair and moral. This is what I'm telling you. It's going to get real, right? You're, you're going to so stay with me a little bit more. It's getting real, right? We're, we're, we're seeing the heart of God. We're seeing the heart of God. We're seeing the heart of Moses. We're seeing how God deals with hurt and pain. We're seeing that God hurts like we hurt. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord. Like this Moses guy, man. Everybody needs a Moses. This Moses guy. <laughs> you know, He's been through this with them too, but he's like, he sought the favor of the Lord. And he said, why should your anger burn against your people? Who oh, you are the one who brought them out of Egypt. Remember the contract? Remember the terms, God? With your great power and your mighty hand, furthermore, God, why should the onlooking nations, why should the Egyptians who you dealt so strongly with because of how they mistreated your people? Yeah, I know we can do it. I know we won't break the terms, but, but what will the Egyptians say about you? They will say it was with evil intent that you brought them out to kill them. They will say that you brought them to the mountain to wipe them off the face of the earth. God has such a friend, Moses. God can bear his heart to Moses. Moses can bear his heart to God. And they're good together. Isn't that amazing? Don't you covet that kind of relationship with God? Where Moses speaks up to Yahweh. This. Hey, Yahweh, turn down the fire. Yahweh, turn from your fierce anger. Relent. Do not bring this disaster on your people. Watch what he does. Oh, well, you should be proud of Moses. He's a real good lawyer. I'm going to go to the fine print of the covenant now. He's like, remember your servant Abraham? It's true. I'm a descendant. It's true. I'm a descendant of Isaac. It's true. I'm a descendant of Israel, which is Jacob. But what about the rest of their children? Is the covenant just with one or with the whole family? He's questioning him on the terms, right? The truth is, it could be with one or it could be with all. It's 
subjective to how you want to read the terms of the covenant. We know that Ishmael wasn't. We know that Esau wasn't. So God could come back with that, right? God, you know, God could counteroffer. Moses is like, what about Abraham? What about Isaac? What about Israel? Whom you swore yourself that I will make your descendants. And he makes sure he puts it in the plural. As numerous as the stars in the sky. And I will give your descendants this land that I promised them. And it will be their inheritance. And now he's going for the kill. He's going for the kill. It will be their inheritance forever. God, regardless of what they do, you got to love them. Regardless of what they do, God, you got to love them. Moses doesn't know what they did yet. <laughs> so why he doesn't know what they did, he's like, it can't be that bad, God. You said that you would love them no matter what. What's this agape stuff you talk about? Come on, man up, God. Remember what you promised Abraham. Then Yahweh remembered, relented, and did not bring disaster on his people that he had been threatening. And then Moses goes down there. Moses gets down there, and he's like, what did I do? Aaron, did you do? Because Aaron's answer to Moses is worth more gold than the whole cow. I just told them, whoever has gold jewelry to take it off and, 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 and to give me the gold. And, you know, I just threw it into the fire and out popped the cow. I didn't do it. I wouldn't make a graven image. I know the contract. It's not my fault. All I did was tell them, give me your gold because they wanted something to prove that Yahweh was still with them. So they gave me the gold. I threw it in the fire and poop. Out came a cow. Moses is so hot. Like Now Moses is like God up on the mountain. And Moses is like, okay, who is with the real Yahweh and who is with the unholy cow? And literally, hand-to-hand -hand combat breaks out between the two groups. Literally. Hand-to-hand -hand combat breaks out, and Moses has the priest kill 3,000 people who want to be with the cow. But don't you think once Moses sees what really happened that he's just not as mad as God was? Moses would probably uh, relent from what he told God up there. He is livid. The next mo morning, Moses wakes up and he realizes God may have spared their life, but that doesn't mean that he's still going to marry them. The next day, Moses said to the people, committed such a great sin. I had no idea how bad it was. You've committed such a great sin. I got to go see God again. I'm going to go back up and talk to God about this. And maybe there's a chance, maybe there's a chance we can salvage this. Maybe I, look at those words. Maybe I, you see it? I can, what's it say? I can make what? An atonement for your sin. So Moses went back up to the Lord. They have made themselves gods of gold. But now, please, look at this. Now, please. Forgive them of their sin. He's a good lawyer. Oh, this guy, man. If I need a defense lawyer, someone call Moses. Man, what a lawyer this dude is. Goes right back to the covenant. He knows. He knows. He got the out. Forgive them of the sin. But if not, take me out. If not, blot me out of the book that you have written. Why does he say this? Checkmate. Think about it. God can wipe everyone out. But Moses, because his covenant is with Abraham, <laughs> right? If Moses goes with the people, the covenant's broken on God's end. Not only did Moses spend 40 days and 40 nights with God, learning how God thinks, learning how God feels, learning how God breathes, he's immolating God, doing what Jesus did. He's putting himself on the line to keep the covenant alive. And the last time God and Moses gets together, this is how God describes to Moses, why didn't 
wipe Israel out that day. You know this passage. The Lord. The Lord. Yahweh. Compassionate. And gracious God. Slow. Anger. Abounding in love and faithfulness. Maintaining love. Thousands. Forgiving the wickedness, the rebellion, and the sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty, what? Unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sins of the parent to the third and fourth generation. And maybe, why are you saying to the third and fourth generation that's a little harsh? No, it's not. God reads the contract too. What did Moses do to pull this deal off? Remember Abraham, Isaac, you counting? Remember Abraham, one. Remember Isaac, two. Remember Jacob, three. Remember the descendants of Jacob, four. My anger is slow. My anger is real. My love is great. But all love has rules. And it's not love if there's not rules. And if there's not limits. Otherwise, you're just like the Egyptians. Yes. I am compassionate. Yes. I am gracious. Yes. I have a faithfulness that will maintain love to the thousand. Yes, I will forgive even the calf, but I will not excuse the guilty. Now notice what happens. Notice what happens. We're closing up. That whole generation is not getting in. They don't get in. The whole generation. Nor does Moses. But their children do. There's a limit to God's anger, too. And that's why he spelled out the limit. My anger won't go so far past my grace. But there will be consequences for what happened. Moses offered his life up there. He didn't die right away, but he died crosses over into the promised land. Never. Joshua will. His apprentice will. He never will. Because the terms of the agreement matter. We can't take God's love and abuse it. It's long-suffering. It's slow to anger. It is faithful. It does everything it can to save you. But you got to repent for faithful. You got to marry him. God's not going to shack up with you. God is not going to let you keep running back to the cow. So Jesus comes and Jesus shows us just like Moses. Jesus gives his life so that we can be forgiven. But understand, God's amazing grace has an amazing cost. God's amazing grace meant Moses won't see the promised land before you see it. Joshua saw it, not Moses. Remember the Mount Transfiguration when Jesus is struggling? It's Moses and Elijah. 
But it's Moses who comes and says, I know exactly where you're at. I remember when we were on that mountain together. Remember? Remember when we had this conversation up on the mountain? Get it. I didn't get to go in. Unless you go to the cross, I never get to go in. You understand this friendship? God wants to be your friend like that. But here's all I want us to understand. To truly be unstuck, to truly put faith forward, we have to love him back. He can forgive our transgressions. But we can't expect it. We can't treat him like there's substitute. We need. We need. He doesn't need. We need to love him in return because that changes our very character. That we could be like Moses who is called a friend of God. Listen to the great love. finish this message with because here we are singing Lord give me you and what we're finding out is God is up on the mountain singing no give me you I already set you free you are free. The only thing I want is your love back. The only thing I want is you don't make a golden calf. You don't give your allegiance. You don't give your love. You don't trample on what I've done. What you've saw here is God emotionally hurt. It's not vengeance. It's pain. But we would take an idol when he's offering us the real thing. I don't think Bill Gates is going to propose to anyone here anytime soon or I hear Jeff Bezos single again. But somebody greater, somebody richer, somebody more powerful has already married you. And all he says is don't cheat on me with that cow. That's it. It's that easy. Don't cheat on me with that cow. Dear Heavenly Father, this moment I give you your heart's desire. My allegiance and my faithfulness May each one listening do the same. 
It's the one thing you want. As Moses pounded that golden cow down to dust, may you help us smash every idol in our life that we may give you our full heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Everything else can wait. Hear me, you. Hope I'm not too late. Hope I'm not too late. Lord, give me you. Lord, give me you. You have been listening to a podcast produced by simplyvinny.com. Stop by our website, read our blog, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and all that jazzy promotional stuff. But remember, I'm the podcast that likes to remind you when life throws a monkey wrench at your head, Jesus is still the logo. The reason, the logic, the word that builds your life back all the way to the kingdom of God. Until next time, God will be blessing you. So look up and notice the blessings. See you at the next podcast.